The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamprin. Good morning. It is the Golfie Real Estate Show, and it is the number one Remax team in Canada. The Golfie team, call them today to get your home sold, 905-575-7700. Maybe you want to sell your house for top dollar? Well, it's got to be the Golfie team online, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. If if you're in the market to buy a house, you can contact the Golfie team as well. Follow them on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, and X. And you can also go online to GolfieHomeValue.com for an instant home estimate. That website address again is GolfieHomeValue.com. Lots to talk about on the show today, including the federal government's looking back into the history books on a possibility to improve our housing supply. We'll also talk about the buyer's market and where all the buyers are. But to begin today, Rob, you have a very interesting story to tell, I hear. Yeah, like it's uh, it's crazy out there. So we have a house that was listed and sold uh, downtown Hamilton. Now, the house was vacant. So we did get an offer. We, you know, the offer was accepted and, and, and the closing date was uh, coming up. And actually, the closing date was, uh, it, 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 it's this past week. So now... All of a sudden, uh, the owners um, go take a look at the house because it's vacant, and they find that there's squatters in there. <laughs> and, and, and they're trying to figure out what happened and everything. So um, they called the police, and the police, you know, they, it, basically they were trespassing. So they were actually uh, uh, escorted. But, but how these squatters got in there, there was a lockbox. We had a lockbox on the railing. Now, it is easier to break into a house. Uh, like uh, by, you know, either breaking a little window or whatever mm-hmm. to get in the house than, than actually get into a lockbox. L- like literally to get a lockbox uh, cut off and do everything, like it, it's, it's pretty hard. You need a pretty, some good equipment to, um, to get rid of a lockbox. So what they did is they stole the lockbox off the railing. So they have some major heavy uh, cutters to cut this lockbox off. And to open up that lockbox, if you don't know the combination, you have to smash that lockbox. Like you literally need a sledgehammer and it takes time. It's not something that hmm. can easily be broken. So th- some guy must have done this. And what he did was he advertised the house for rent. And the first people that came to him that was willing to give him money in cash, he took it. Wow. Apparently, yes. Apparently the guy's name that took the first and last month's rent of these people, his name was Corey. So if any agents out there or anybody that, that you're going to rent from, uh, his name is Corey, double check. But anyway, um, the guy's name was Corey. They took first and last month's rent. The police had to escort these people out of the house that did squat there. And, you know, and it's tough luck for them. Like it's, and then, so we had to go in and clean up the house, you know, get rid of all their stuff. They didn't really have a lot of good stuff anyway that he rented to. So you could tell that as soon as whoever was willing to give him first and last month's rent, they took and the, and this Corey guy ran. But I, I just, I just couldn't, we couldn't believe that. We just couldn't believe that this, you know, could happen to us. But we read about this in the paper and about happening to other, other people. But this actually happened to one of our clients. But we were lucky that we were able to catch this 
within two days or, or whatever, these people that moved in and, and the police escorted these people out. Now, these people could have been tenants if they were there any longer. Yeah. And that could have been even a bigger nightmare. Um, so um, surprisingly, like somebody went out of their way. So now I don't know if like, like for them to cut this thing off and I've cut uh, uh, like a lockbox, like, like, like ring that you have to cut. You really need a strong, bigger, bigger, uh, what do you call it? Uh, lock cutter. Like you, like it's one of those big things. It's not you just your regular one that you can have. You need a, a heavy duty one. So this guy went out of his way to either, uh, either he's doing this or, or, uh, all the time, or he just, I don't think this is a one-time issue. I, I, uh, you know, so we're going to put a, a, a memo to, uh, to the, to the real estate board, um, and, and tell them that, uh, for, to be careful with, uh, with the lock boxes and to, and to make sure if there's any vacant houses to make sure that, uh, the, the homeowners are going there every day to make sure that, uh, nobody's, uh, moving in. But, but the, 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 we, we were lucky on this. We were lucky on, on this property. Um, and, um, so anyway, it, uh, it all worked out at the end. Um, and, uh, you know, a little bit of cost of cleaning, we took care of that and, um, and, and, um, and changed the locks on the door. We changed that. So we, we got that all done. So when you say we were lucky, if those individuals were in that home, let's say for, I don't know, a couple of weeks, could they have made the case or could the, could they have taken that, I guess, idea that the place is theirs to the landlord and tenant board. And then you're really tied up. Yeah, they, they could have, but they weren't there that long because the homeowner was there at least twice a week. So mm-hmm. they caught them fairly quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they were like, let's say like I've got a vacant house and, uh, and I, and, and the reason is um, I'm going to put it up for sale in the new year. So I gotta, I gotta be careful because maybe somebody's in there now. I don't even know about <laughs> And so I'm going to, so I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I got to check it out every day now to make sure that, uh, uh, there's nothing like that happening, but yeah, they could have made a case if they were there longer, they could have said, Hey, no, we're tenants and, and, and that's it. And then, and then, uh, landlord is screwed and may have to wait 10 months just to get these people out. But because it was short, they were trespassing. They, you know, they came in, the police were able to escort them out and, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, we had to take care of a lot of their junk. Like they didn't really have really good stuff. And this Corey guy that apparently got first and last month's rent from them, he, he went with the first person that had cash. That was it. And boom. And he, this guy disappeared, this guy disappeared and they can't find this guy anywhere. So, you know, that's the thing is you, you gotta be careful. And that's why insurance companies, they charge more for vacant houses. If you got a vacant home and, uh, and, and the insurance on it is, is almost triple uh, on it. And it's do you know, it, a fire could happen. You know what I mean? It's easier for, because you're not there. There's nobody there every day to man- manage, you know, water pipes break, anything like that. If a water pipe breaks while you're there, you can go downstairs, shut the water off, minimal damage. But when you're not there often, you could, ha- you could have some serious problems and look at this. Uh, some guy, some guy named Corey out there is, is uh, taking personal last month's rent from, innocent people. And now these people, you know, they basically were escorted out. Where are they going to go? Uh, hopefully they have friends and family that can help them out. But this is, this is the reality of, uh, the way, uh, life is now. There's always, you know, people, you know, stealing and, and trying to take advantage of other people. And you have to be very careful out there. This also speaks to the housing and the rental crisis that we have in this city, doesn't it? 
It, it is. It does. And uh, these people, I'll, I'll guarantee it, whatever the rent was, it was probably a, a great price. Yeah. These people jumped on it. They thought they were getting lucky on, on this property. And, uh, and, the, and the, soul, the soul sign was off. You know, like there was no for sale or, so, or, or, or sold on it because because we sold it and we were just waiting for the day for the closing date to happen. So, so the, the, the renters looking at the house, didn't, there was no suspicion. It was just a vacant house. The, this Corey guy obviously broke the lockbox to get the key to open the door for them, show it to them. And they said, hey, you give me first and last month, month's rent in cash probably – they will, uh, uh, I'll give it to you right now and give you the key. And boom, so long. He drove, he probably drove away with a fake plate on his licensed car. And, and that was it. Huh. Well, really, really uh, strange and uh, unique scenario that I'm sure is not unique to Hamilton. It's probably happening in other cities with, uh, you know, these rental oh. issues. Oh, absolutely. Guaranteed. It's happening everywhere. And it's probably happening to somebody else right now yeah. in, uh, in, in Hamilton. And maybe it's happening to me. So I better go check out the <laughs> house better, that I have. Better check out your house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nervous on this thing. So this is the Gulfie Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You can follow the Gulfie team on TikTok and Facebook, Threads, X, Instagram. Call the number one REMAX team in Canada, the Gulfie team at 905 905- 575-7700 if you want to sell your house or you're in the market to buy a home. Let's switch gears and talk about what is the current reality in real estate because uh, we're hearing that there's a lot more supply in the market, but there's a lot less demand. And obviously, you know, interest rates or mortgage rates have a big factor in that. Are we seeing that scenario here in Hamilton? Much more supply, but the demand just isn't there at this time of the year. Absolutely. More so in Niagara, but it is in Hamilton and there is a, a large supply um, and the buyers aren't out there. Like it's just, it, it, and they haven't had this since the, the early 1990s and uh, it's, it's just unheard of. And it's just, people are just sitting and waiting on the fence. The interest rates are a factor, which the interest rates are nowhere near like it was in the, in the, in the uh, early nineties, but it's just, eerie how how it is like it's 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 you know now i i truly believe you know how i i advocate that you know february march is going to be good like this is the time if you're a buyer this is the time to get locked in this is the time and uh and and find something because you can get a good deal because the market will change now everybody's thinking that there's going to be uh another uh like a crash in in the real estate market It, it it isn't it's already happened that's that's behind us and it, now it's just floating between two and five percent up and down, and uh, and it's going to do that probably for a bit until the first uh, interest rate uh, reduction that's going to happen, and and they're expecting that to happen probably mid year next year. It could be earlier, but they're going to expect that. But the government has to do something because nobody's moving, nobody's buying anything, and then well now you've got an influx of. Uh, of uh, uh, newcomers coming into this country, immigrants coming in, and where are they going? Like, you know, right away they're looking for a place to rent, or they're moving with family, friends, or whatever. But how long can they do that? Like, you know, you have a house that only, you know, is made for you know two to four people. Now you got another family coming in. Yeah, it's okay. You can accommodate them, make some makeshift mattresses in the basement, you know, until they find their own place. But they can't keep doing that. Uh, for years at a time. So there is a problem uh, out there right now. And, but, it, but everybody's going to be rushing at the same time. Like it always happens. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask Rob about, uh, he mentioned, you know, interest rates, uh, potential interest rate decline next year from the bank of Canada. And if that does happen, 
whether it's in the spring or the summer, and those are the two kind of seasons that many, uh, you know, uh, economists are kind of eyeballing. How is that going to impact the fall market? You'll get Rob's take on that. We're also going to talk about the federal government's plan to boost the housing supply, and they're looking way back in history to do so, way back to, well, just after the Second World War. Find out what's happening next on the Gulfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team, the number one Remax team in Canada. Call them today. If you want to get your house sold or you're in the market to buy a house, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Online, the website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. Check them out on Instagram. Give them a like on Facebook and threads. Follow them on X and TikTok as well. If you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com. Before we get to the strawberry box home issue that we've talked about over the last number of days, I wanted to ask you because you brought up interest rates or mortgage rates. The Bank of Canada is going to have its you know, latest decision come early next year. Most people are expecting perhaps a drop in its key lending rate in the spring or maybe even in the summer. If it happens in either the spring or the summer, what kind of an impact do you expect it to have on the fall market? Because consumers might get that sense of security, for lack of a better term, to say, okay, rates are going in the right direction. I'm going to jump into the housing market. Do you expect a busy or busier fall market next year? I do expect a little busier, but not really super active just because of the fact that they're going to do it slow, tiptoe their way into this reduction there. So they may do a quarter point and it's going to go in the right direction. It's going to create some, you know, a confidence in, in the, uh, in the market, but I don't see it jumping aggressively fast. I do see that the 2025 year, that I, I think you're going to start seeing some activity back to a regular normal balanced market. And, you know, you're going to see buyers coming in on a, uh, like, like equally as many uh, sellers are selling. Um, and then you're going to see it rapidly grow after that rap- the, the activity will be rapid after that. But um, the, the, the government, they need housing. They need, they need housing. Builders aren't building and buyers aren't buying. And so, and, and but immigrants are still coming in and it's just going to cause a huge huge uh, uh, hype in the market or boom in the market down the road. And, and I know they don't want that to happen, but they just can't, they're not going to be able to help. They can't stop that. There's no way it's going to happen. And, and they're going to try to control it. They learned their lesson on this last time. So they got to figure out how to, how to, you know, equalize it to make sure it's not a super, super uh, boom that's going to happen again. And there's multiple offers and, and people are overpaying for houses and everything. It's just, they got to equalize the this housing market. It's going to be tough. That's a great point because the mindset might be when the Bank of Canada does reduce rates, and again, most people thinking probably next summer by a quarter of a percentage point, the mindset of the consumer might be, okay, I can jump in now, but this is probably going to be maybe the start of a trend. Maybe I'm going to wait for another 
you know, another season to revolve and we might have two or maybe even three more rate decreases and then I'll jump in. So while things might not happen next fall or even next year, following years might be a different story. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, I don't think the interest rates are going to drop too much uh, below below uh, 5%. I mean, we might end up at four and a half, four point seven five, but I don't think, I think that's where it's going to hover and stay. Um, and it, it just, that's more of a normal interest rate, uh, way of, 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 of the economy that goes. So you'll never see the one and a half to 2%. I, I don't think I'll see it in my lifetime. It could happen in another 50 years from now, but you'll never see that. That's it. And, and I don't think they'll ever let it go that low. Uh, due to the fact that uh, what what happened, it, you know, it dropped so fast down that then it went back up fast, and it just it just rocked the uh, the housing market so much that that it, it it left a lot of people in in a lot of bad situation. Like I mean, yeah, everybody was buying. Interest rates were low. You could, yeah, of course you can afford uh, you know a paying two hundred thousand more for a house at at one percent or one and a half percent interest rate. But then when that interest rate turns into five or six. That extra two hundred thousand that you overpaid it becomes very expensive, and and now they can't afford it, and they and they also can't even sell the house because the house is worth more. Sorry, the the mortgage is higher than what the house value is, and uh, so they're, they're stuck. And sometimes now we're starting to see a, a few power sales, not too much. It's not it hasn't gone crazy like it did in the early nineties. There's a lot of power sales back then. People are managing. People are are working hard to keep their house right now. And, and they probably, you know, they're managing, but, uh, but they don't want that to happen again. And, uh, but it's funny though, right now, uh, even though with the, with the housing market, uh, the way it is, uh, the, the, there's, uh, inventory is great, but, but everybody's just sitting and waiting, just watching the market. To that end, speaking of inventory, we might see many more homes come on the markets thanks to a new slash old federal government policy. So about 80 years ago, once the Second World War came to an end, thousands of war veterans came back home here to Canada and the government at the day thought, uh, listen, we got to build a bunch of homes for all these returning vets. And that was the case. They were called victory homes or strawberry box homes, really simple homes that are still standing today. And many of them are here in Hamilton that housed people very quickly. And these homes were built very quickly. So now the federal government earlier on this week kind of outlined what they're planning to do in revamping this program with a modern twist. So the hope is to build these kind of smallish homes, 900, 1,000 square foot kind of homes, quickly. Um, the question is, is this is this feasible? Do you see this program working? I, I it, it's, it's, it's a little different today than it was uh, probably 60 years ago or 70 years ago. Uh, due to the fact, uh, it, it, it should work, but it's not. they're not going to be able to build enough fast enough that can supply the demand. Demand's gonna be far greater and it's gonna drive the prices up still. But what what I, I looked at one property, there was uh, in, in Grimsby, it's on Kenyon. They, they built these semis, almost look like wartime homes, hmm. uh, but they're in brick brick format, two bedrooms, living room uh, and kitchen stuff. Exactly like what a wartime home would have been uh, 70, like it's built in the fifties when the, the veterans were coming back. Now they made them as, uh, as semis, so, and they, but the differences between now and, and back then is they made these in semis, which is good, uh, but they made double parking in the front. No garage, 
back the wartime homes didn't have a garage. And then, and the difference between now and back then, back then people had one car. Back then people uh, had, it was a two bedroom with a living room. Living rooms uh, were a decent size, but not as big as people need now. Uh, no walk-in closets, one bathroom on the, on the main level. There was no basement. And that was, a, that was good. That people, some of these people are still living in these houses at bottom and, and they're fine. It's, you know, and they were, and they were between 700 and 900 square feet. The larger ones were a thousand square feet and they were built out of usually out of wood or siding and, uh, and simple, just square boxes. They were fantastic and they can get these things help real quick. But today it's a little different townhouses. You could fit more townhouses in a, a square uh, like acre than you can with these uh, wartime homes because, I mean, it's nice to have a little backyard, have a little front yard. You want to be able to fit two cars. Now, every person, every adult, almost every adult in Canada has a car. They need a car. I mean, like, uh, you know, families as they get older, you know, like retirees, they, they go down to one vehicle because, you know, they're not working and stuff. They're retiring. But if you're between the age of 20 to 60 years old, you and and you're married there's two households or you're living with somebody each of you have a car and and chances are rick there, there's a high probability you have a car and your wife has a car I, I, am i am mm-hmm. i yeah, you're right about on. that you're bang on there you go so you need room for the cars so basically your front lawn is just going to be a driveway <laughs> and then you have a small backyard you have a small backyard just so you could put a, a table in a in a in a umbrella but I think it is good because if I was a first-time buyer and I couldn't afford to buy a house, I'd be all over this. I would be all over it. I'd be so happy that I at least have a house that I'm starting to build equity on. And, uh, and, I, and this is a stepping stone to, to maybe my dream home down the road. But it, it, it is a good idea. But I think the government has to build these. Uh, builders, I mean, they rather build their own houses unless they find somebody that doesn't have any projects on the go and say, Hey, we're going to pay you to build, you know, uh, 500 homes in this subdivision and, uh, get started and, and we're going to finance it. And you just be the contractor to build them. Well, this might be a difficult question to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyways, because I'm intrigued about it and it's going to have to do with location. I think primarily because these homes are going to look all the same, right? There's going to be a standard design to all of them, whether it's a, you know, a two bedroom, three bedroom, whatever the case is. How much do you, how much less money do you think these houses are going to be on the market for? They'll be, they'll be a lot less, but they're going to climb up in value fast as, as they're going up because yeah. everybody's going to be jumping on them. And that's, and that's the hard part. Like, I think you almost have to qualify the buyer and say, Hey, um, let's, let's, let here's, here's a, a thousand buyers that want to buy these homes. Let's qualify them and make sure they all pay the same amount of money. Yeah. Now, if you start selling the first 20 and then all of a sudden they're gone and, they put, and then the next 20 go up five, $10,000 and they're gone and you keep raising the price, we defeated the purpose what we're, what we're building these for. So I think it has to be under a controlled situation and I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, I'm sure they'll find ways, but it has to be controlled. One of the uh, experts in this field that I spoke with uh, earlier on this week on CHML hinted at the fact that this this issue is a square peg in a round hole because Hamilton, as we know, is not expanding outward. Its urban boundary debate has been put to bed. It wants to infill, wants to build within. And, and sometimes that means building 
higher, right? Whether it's multi-use uh, residential uh, buildings or, or condos, whatever the case is, do we have the space in this city to build many of these uh, what are basically modular homes? I, I think there's a lot of properties out there, but it's the, the land value is expensive if, if we're looking at doing infill. Um, it, 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 we could probably put two semis up and exactly like these ones that I saw in Grimsby, but, but people want to move outside and people want to be, you know, in, 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 they want to raise their kids in a nice, you know, neighborhood green. They don't want you know, a lot of them don't want to be downtown. Hmm. And I know they're building a lot of condo high rise condos. Look, a lot of people don't want to be in those. It, 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 it's kind of the, like the, the generation that the millennials and generation Z's or whatever that are coming up behind them, uh, they, they don't mind being in the condo to start off with because they don't, they haven't seen anything else. I mean, even though they grew up in a, a residential property, but to them, that's like, Hey, perfect. This is great. We're going to live in a condo. Uh, I'm going to be on my own. I'm going to enjoy it. And then I'll buy an, uh, a detached home or, or a townhouse later. Um, you're going to have a huge demand of people wanting to exit those condos and going into uh, a, a house, a townhouse, or a detached home or a semi, and and there's going and those are going to go up in price quite a bit because there's not enough of those. Like every time there's a shift of anything, there's going to be a demand at the end of that shift, and and that's what's going to happen down the road. So so housing is always going to be expensive, but unless they open it up. The, the the urban boundaries and start developing townhouses outside instead of trying to do infill. It's 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 it, it every time every reaction creates uh, an, an act or every action creates a reaction. So I do feel that in five to ten years you're going to see a, a, a massive abundance of people wanting to get out of the condos and just live. You know they just want a backyard. They don't. It's not a big backyard. They just want a backyard where they can put a table, an umbrella and see some greenery and see the sky without having to look at, at buildings around them. Another thing that I'm intrigued about, and it comes back to the price is, and you, and you mentioned qualifying buyers and that, you know, that, that makes sense. But once that person owns that home, they're able, I would assume so, they're able to sell it. And so the, the first time it is sold by the initial home buyer, I'm really intrigued to see how much it goes for. And do investors start kind of, pushing that price up because they see the value in this new supply that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. They probably have to stop investors from buying those because yeah. investors are going to eat, eat that up like crazy. Uh, I mean, I would buy them because I know the values are going to go up uh, significantly mm -hmm. and I would make a lot of money. But uh, I think if uh, the government uh, says, listen, you have to live in this uh, for a year. Otherwise, if you uh, personally live in it for a year, Otherwise, you're not you're not able to buy it, and uh, and I think that that'll slow it down. What, what drives the condo market is the investors, which is fantastic. That's good because they're being built. But uh, but when you build uh, subdivisions of uh, these uh, strawberry box homes, these wartime homes, you don't want the investors in there because they'll they'll just drive the uh, the market up. Is there any part of Hamilton or, or Burlington or Niagara, for that matter, where you can kind of envision maybe a subdivision of these kind of you know wartime homes? Yeah, there's there's a lot of land um, along the corridor, like off of Highway Number Eight, going right like right through Niagara. Right. There's a yeah. ton of stuff there. Hamilton Mountain's got tons of land. 
uh, you know, going past uh, Rymel Road or even, Thor- you know, uh, it, there's a lot of land out there. They're preserving it. They're trying to, and I get it, but eventually they have to give it up. They have to o- open it up to, to build homes. They, they, how long can they keep that uh, stopped? It's just a matter of time. So it, it will open up. It's just when are they going to open up the land? If you want to sell your house or you're in the market to buy a house, call the number one REMAX team in Canada, the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's robgolfi.com. When we come back, a Canadian basketball superstar who just happens to be from Hamilton found himself in the middle of a precedent-setting lawsuit in this province. Find out what happens to Shea Gilgis-Alexander when we come back on the Gulfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy. He's a sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Call them today, 905-575-7700 to get your house sold. Maybe you're in the market to buy a home? Call the number one team, Remax team in Canada. That's the Golfy team, 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot You can find them on Instagram, like them on Facebook, check them out on TikTok, Threads, and X as well. And if you really want to get intrigued with some special properties that are on the market, check out GolfyLuxury.com. That's GolfyLuxury.com. Really interesting story involving Hamilton NBA superstar Shea Gilgis-Alexander, which, by the way, who just won the award for being Canada's Athlete of the Year for 2023. So huge congrats to Shea. But... He was involved in a really sticky situation in which he purchased a home in Burlington, and we're talking about a luxury mansion, a multi-million dollar mansion in Burlington, right on the lakefront. Unfortunately, he purchased it from the self-described Crypto King of Ontario. And, well, this Crypto King had some nefarious friends who a few times came knocking on the door and really freaked out uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander and and his girlfriend. And so what has happened is the court has taken a look at this thing, this this uh, home sale, and has allowed Gilgis Alexander to get out of it, basically voided the sale because there was a safety issue with the property. Rob, what do you make of the story? Yeah, you know what? Surprisingly, uh, this is going to change the dynamics in the future because this, I think this is the first time they ever a- awarded anything like this. Mm-hmm. Now, th- th- this guy here uh, did some shady deals with some bad people, some with some shady people he borrowed money from or, or they invested with this uh, young guy, this crypto guy. And uh, he probably was, in that, was investing some in crypto, but the rest he was living on the high life and everything. So what he was doing was renting this. No, he, he made a deal with the seller. No, sorry, the owner of the house, uh, rent to own. So basically he was paying rent, uh, basically some of the money that was going to go towards the down payment to buy this luxury home in Burlington. Anyway, he got in a little bit of trouble. He ended up having to leave. 
And uh, he actually got kidnapped by some of these guys and they got beat up and they tried to hold him for ransom. And then they called the uh, owner's uh, son and said, hey, give us $3 million and we'll give him back to you. And the owner's son said, you can have him. (laughs) We don't we don't care. We don't want him back anyway. So so can you imagine that guy, the crypto guys going, wait a minute, nobody cares about me. I'm not worth $3 million, but uh, but he's he he uh, embezzled a lot of money. And uh, so. People were going to this guy's house, that, like this crypto guy's house that they thought he still lived in and uh, making threats, saying they were going to burn the house down and everything. So I don't I get it. You don't want to be in a house where somebody's chasing somebody and, and wants to kill somebody or, or burn their burn the house down. Yeah. So he went to he went to uh, he sued the, the seller, the, 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 the owner of the property and said, hey, you didn't disclose that there was a criminal living here and people were making threats. And, and even though. Uh, threats to you know to to burn the house down. Also, I mean, they even asked you for a ransom for this guy when they kidnapped him and beat him up. He didn't disclose that. And you know what? And I get it. Sometimes, okay, that's that's his, that's a problem. That's with this guy. It, it's got no latent defects or any defects with the the house initially. So I can see why that wasn't said. But it's like it's like the you know the mob, like the, the Musitanos when they murdered him. He, there was you know like. Like you buy a mob house and and there's a hit on this guy, mm-hmm. you don't want to live in that house if he's still living, right? Because you you want to make sure they know he's dead, or he does. You know, I mean, you don't want to buy a house that a mobster lived in and he's still alive. Anyway, we know Pat Lucitano was murdered. He's he's out of the picture. You can live in his house now because everybody knows he's dead. Yeah. Nobody's gonna come and try to kill somebody there. So anyway, but the the courts awarded. And, and basically ordered the seller to buy back the property after closing and, and expanding what the, like, the sellers need. So they basically he's going to get his land transfer tax back. He's going to get his legal fees and everything back. Now, the, the seller is appealing it. I don't think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seller's worried now he's, he's going to have to buy back this house uh at 8.4 million dollars and he's probably gonna have to sell it for probably about five to six million dollars so he's gonna lose a couple million dollars probably on on this just because of the fact what's happening with this house and uh but now people if you're selling your house you better be careful because i'm telling you if you got any problems you better disclose because it's gonna people come after you this is something that's going to change the dynamics of how real estate is being sold. Some of the numbers associated with Ontario's Crypto King are really just eye-popping. I mean, he's a 25-year-old guy. He was leasing to own this mansion for $45,000 a month. He had basically bilked uh, investors of more than $40 million. And in his bankruptcy uh, proceedings, he basically invested about 2% of of that $40 million. And spent nearly $16 million on himself, whether it was going on vacations, buying luxury cars, renting private jets. Uh, I mean, you name it, he was doing it. And, well, now he's in serious doo-doo right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about, and this is a unique story as well, a town in this province selling properties for 10 bucks. 
That's next on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies Last of 900 CHML. Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Call them now. Now to get your home sold for top dollar, maybe you're in the market to buy a house. You got to call the number one Remax team in Canada, the Golfie Team, 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob G O L F I. dot com. So before the break, you heard me correctly. There's an Ontario town that is selling properties for ten dollars. It's all in an effort to keep the dream of owning a home alive. And so producer Jerry just off air said, well, what's the catch? Uh, Rob, there is a catch because this prop, this, uh, this town isn't anywhere close to Hamilton or the GTA for that matter. It's in, it's in, uh, it's, it's, you could see polar bears in this town. <laughs> Pretty so, much. It's, so, it's Cochrane, uh, Ontario. In, uh, it, it, yeah. Cochrane, Ontario. So how far is Cochrane from, from where we are? Well, it is described as it, being it, halfway between Toronto and Manitoba. So it's a several hour so drive. Yeah. So, so you know what? I could see this being something that people want to go and, and, you know, people buying the investment, uh, the, the property, is it, it's, is it $10 they're saying? Yeah. $10. Yeah. $10. Um, so they, you can buy a parcel of a, a lot for $10. <laughs> they want to create more housing. They want to create more, uh, infrastructure and what they want to do, so you're get, you'll get investors going there, maybe build a house and try it. Mm. And you put one of these strawberry homes on there, who knows? Uh, 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 you're going to see probably people going up there for Airbnb and, and, and just wants to go see polar bears. Like, like this is just enough uh, publicity that you can say, hey, let, let's check it out. We'll go up there for, uh, you know, maybe four days and uh, maybe do some snowshoeing and stuff like that. Okay. It could drive... It could bring the market good, but I, I uh, hey, what are you going to do? They they obviously need to do something to create more activity. It's only a population of I think five thousand people in mm-hmm. this little town, so mm-hmm. yeah, why not? It it might be you know as a destination kind of I don't know getaway uh, for those people who are into you know Airbnb destinations or you know just unique and different kind of. Uh, scenarios in which they could leave, uh, you know, their home or, you know, go on vacation and kind of go where, where the, uh, the world's only sanctuary for polar bears exists. I mean, this is how far uh, away from humanity <laughs> Cochrane, Ontario is. It's a very interesting scenario. Yeah, it is. It's probably where a lot of uh, witness protection uh, plan is for a lot of criminals. <laughs> yeah, They're probably all there to go, no, oh, no, don't bring people here. <laughs> I got, I'm, I'm away from uh, people trying to kill me and stuff like that. But, yeah. but you know what? I, I, I do see like, is it the investment for $10? I mean, Hey, they're probably going to say you, if you buy this lot, you're going to have to build and we want, we want mm-hmm. stuff going on here. I think it's a good way. Europe is doing the same thing. I know in Italy, they're they're offering, listen, take possession, like especially in Sicily, more people are moving to the mainland. Uh, they're offering, listen, you buy this, renovate it, you know, we'll we'll sell you the the the, the house or the property for very cheap money if you rent it, because uh, they want they need people, they need people to move back there, and if they're if they're not they're they're not growing as a community, so it's slowly slowly. 
becoming smaller and smaller. I'm sure this community was probably 10,000 uh, 25 mm-hmm. years ago or 30 years ago. Every kid that grows up in this little town says, hey, I can't wait to get out of here. Yeah, so yeah. that's prob- probably what it is. Last one for you, and we're going to talk about heritage homes or homes that are really old, but certainly have a historical value. Uh, if someone is interested in buying one of these, are, are there some pros and cons? Yeah, you just, the first thing you got to be very, very careful is foundation concerns. I'm going to tell you, every house that's like 120 years old, like if any, they're built in the, like over 120, if there is weeping tiles, they're not working. And if, or they don't have any weeping tiles. But, you know, just as long as you have your downspouts uh, leaving it, there's always plumbing issues. Uh, there's always uh, electrical issues, uh, asbestos. So you got to be really, really careful. I bought a, a lot of uh, uh, old homes, uh, historical homes. I just I just bought bought one and we started digging and doing stuff around the, the property. I got a little foundation issue in the one corner, which we're fixing right now. We're rectifying it, but that's the things you've got to expect when you're buying an old home. The other thing is the designation. Be careful. Like if you're thinking you want to do some changes to the house on the outside and it's got a historical designation, you're not going to able to do that. So you got to really find out about that. The one I sold a property one time, somebody was starting to renovate the porch and the town came in on them and said, Hey, sold off. You have to make this porch original the way it was when it was built. And he's like, Whoa. So anyway, so you gotta be very, very careful when you're buying historical homes. There's always issues. Make sure you always have the extra budget in your pocket when you're buying one of those. Is it considered a niche property when you're trying to resell it? Um, if, if you're reselling and after renovations, I, I, it is a niche. People love those kind of homes, uh, but people don't want to be the ones that are renovating, but people always want to be the ones that are buying it after it's renovated. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's the easy part of it. Uh, the number one REMAX team in Canada is the Golfie team. Call them today to get your home sold, or if you're in the market to buy a house, the website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And don't forget, you can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfie Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform. Smash that follow button so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.